Johnny's back. We are here with episode 34 of WTP. And again, time to uh, talk about more hockey. We are here. This is the second episode this week, guys. So uh, more content for you coming on the way. So why don't we just talk about some of these teams uh, that, uh, you know, it's going to be a little interesting for them. I got uh, one Eastern Conference and uh, three Western Conference teams. So we'll talk a little bit more about the West today than the East, but uh, nevertheless, let's start in the East, just to get out of the way, and I don't want to just say get out of the way, but the Buffalo Sabres, uh, everyone's talking about this team, everyone is saying that, uh, you know, they're the most ex- one of the most exciting and fun teams, and yes, they're goal scorers, I get it, and we know the emergence of uh, Tage Thompson, but one one guy who I who I brought up uh, this year when I, when I talked about the Sabres at the beginning of the year is Rasmus Dahlin. He's having an incredible season. He's become one of the leaders on this team. And he's arguably uh, one of the candidates for Norris Trophy. He's got 13 goals, 33 assists, and 46 points. Um, and and it's, it's time to say this kid has arrived in the National Hockey League because this is his best season ever. Um, you look at his like career, right? Uh, that first rookie year, he looked great. And then he, like... Uh, you know, he was still producing offensively, but over the last two, three years, he's been pretty bad defensively. But now it's like, you know, he's the number one defenseman. And, you know, it's 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 incredible to watch him rebound back uh, after, you know, the all the coaching changes he's endured through. Um, because th- this kid is the, uh, the stud on defense for them. But uh, before we get ahead of ourselves, Buffalo, because I look at your team, right? You're not in a playoff spot, and it's just you're not good. You're not you're you're fun and good to watch, but you're not good enough yet. Like you're not, you know, in the in the tier of like contenders or pl- even playoff bound. You know, you're you're uh, nine points out of your division against the in, um with the Lightning, and then you're also uh, six points back of a playoff spot with Pittsburgh. And you still have the Islanders ahead of you, and Florida's tied with you, and it's like, you're just not there yet. Like, you're a fun team, but you're exciting. And the reason I say you're not there yet, in terms of you're not good yet, is just because, you know, number one, I still think you need a goalie. Um, again, a lot of hype for this, uh, for uh, Uka, I, I, sorry if I pronounced the uh, first part of the name wrong, Uko Pekka Lukanen and Eric Comrie, um... That's the tandem they do have as of now. Again, I don't. Uh, I I I don't think it's it's good enough yet. Um, I'm not saying they don't have any talent, but you know you you look at uh, the stats and you, it's just it's just not good. It's not good enough there. Like Buffalo can score, but this 23 year old isn't ready to take this team into the playoffs. And you know, same thing with Comrie. I think Comrie was actually injured. Uh, for a little bit, uh, Eric Comrie, but uh, I think he just recently came back. I could be wrong in that because I know he was there at the start of the year, but I think uh, he, you know, suffered an injury, and so. Yet again, uh, you know, this is his first season with Buffalo, but again, like, the numbers aren't good yet for either of these goalies. And now, I don't think it's all also all the goalies' fault. I don't think uh, their defense have matured yet. Um, you look at this team on defense, you know, Darlene's, he's still there. He's their best defenseman and he's still relatively young. He was the first overall pick back in 2018, which is like five years ago. 
But then you got, you know, you look, you can go to even, uh, we can go to cap friendly and look at the, uh, not the contracts, but like just the ages of the player in front of me. Um, and you look and you just see that it's not, it's not, a, it's not a, like they do have talent there, but it, the, the youth is still there and it really does, uh, hold them back. Um, you know, Matsya Samuelson, the guy they locked up, he's still 22. Owen Power, the first oral pick uh, two years ago, he's only 20. Uh, Jacob Bryson's a 25-year-old. Yoka Harju's only uh, 23. So, yet again, like, you know, their only defenseman over 20, uh, 27 is uh, Ilya Labushkin. He's at best a top-six defenseman. So, you're not really you know, there yet, I think you could use a good veteran defenseman, maybe a top four. Um, you know, you could put like Samuelson, Darlene, and then you could have Owen Power even grow and develop more. And then, you know, let's say you make a trade for Jacob Chitron. I think that'd be a great thing for Buffalo. Uh, if you ask me, I think that would help them tremendously defensively. You'd have to give up something to get him, but, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But again, very fun and exciting team, just not good enough yet. All right, so that's it for Buffalo and what I think they should do. Now we're going to talk about uh, some teams out west. And, you know, we'll start in the uh, the uh, central here. Um, and one team that has caught my eye because they've climbed back into the playoff race is the Nashville Predators. That's right. Um, now, they had a terrible start to the year. They were uh, actually really bad, if you ask me. But... They've uh, sort of climbed their way back into the race. Uh, they're not in a playoff spot right at the moment. And at the moment, I think they're three points out of a playoff spot because the Oilers hold the last last playoff spot currently with 47 points and the Predators are at 44. So they're fighting. They're trying to fight their way in, you know. And it's a tight wildcard race, much tighter in the West with those wildcard teams as opposed to the uh, East with a lot more teams more a little more competitive there and less bottom feeders although there are some bottom feeders in the west but anyway um a, a good thing for this team is they got ryan mcdonough back and you know he's back and healthy and you you put him alongside of a roman yossi and that should be a better one-two punch because nashville has not been a good defensive team this year and mcdonough adds a lot of uh leadership and you know he's an excellent shot blocker and uh he's very good with the puck uh, maybe not as he once 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 was with the New York Rangers, but again, uh, still very good shutdown defenseman. While Yossi can do everything pretty much for this team, offensively, defensively, he's their captain for a reason. But then again, uh, I think Nashville's also you know they've gone back to their identity and their bottom six is really good because they they got these big bodies down there and they're a grindy team and they have the good depth whether it's with Colton Sissons and. You know, Yakov Trenin and J Tanner Janot, like, that's what they're known to do. They're, they're a big team, and they're using their size to advantage to win some more games, um, to climb back a little more into the race. And, you know, UC Saros, like, I know he's a small goalie, but he's been excellently elite. Um, this dude has been, uh, I think over his past two games, he's made 102 saves. He's ninth in wins with 15, uh... As I actually watched the uh, Nashville-Toronto game last night, so they didn't win last night. And he's top five in save percentage um, as well. But, uh, 
you know, Nashville has really like hung this guy out to dry, I have to say. Um, they are, they commit a lot of penalties, Nashville, uh, they're 13th in that category and they've taken, I think it's 169 or 170. I don't have the number, but I think that's what I read. Um, you know, UC Saros, I think has the most power play saves in an, in the NHL this season, um, which is incredible because he's literally bailed out this penalty kill, which again, it's a power play, so can't really expect it, but that just says a lot how much he's bailed them out. Um, I think UC Saros is also third in total with even strength saves this season behind uh, John Gibson and Connor Hellebuck. So they just it just shows that Nashville has really also not been a good even strength team. Nevertheless, they stay. They take a lot of penalties, and despite that, like he's still like doing his best to win games because. Uh, he actually leads the NHL in saves, the total amount of saves in a season at uh, 9-18. I, or actually, I don't know if it updated because uh, they did play Toronto last night. So there's probably even more than nine eighteen. But, uh, you know, he's been excellent, and that's something good you got for. But uh, there are some uh, holes in this team. First off, the uh, the top six centers. Um, I... I don't know what the deal is with with uh, their center core, but it's just it's not looking good. They've moved some guys over to the wing, but uh, you know Ryan Johansson is just he's simply not getting it done. You, you thought uh, you know last year he kind of regained his footing, but he's only got twenty points in forty. He's been terrible defensively too, um, and it, it's shocking. It really is because. You know, you, you expected so much to this guy when they gave up Seth Jones back when they were both, I guess, studs at their position. But they if Nashville really wants to compete, they need a top six center. And I, I'm sorry, but it's time to like start demoting guys to these bottom six roles because Johansson simply isn't isn't uh getting the job done. And then, you know, right now they're playing uh Yuso Parsonen uh as their first line center and I, I don't know. I don't know if he was a high pick. I don't think he was. He is a young center. He was actually drafted. I can look at it right now in the seventh round back in twenty nineteen. He's got fourteen points in twenty six games. Like, not bad for a rookie, but like, you know, he really shouldn't be your number one center. So they definitely needed a a good offensive uh, top six center if this team wants to go anywhere. And you know, what? I you know they need um, some of their guys that should be playing center like Granlund, Duchesne. You know, two natural centers. They ha- they've been moved to the wing because unfortunately they can't handle that responsibility. Um, and Duchesne needs to get going. Uh, you know, Granlin needs to get going. Just their offensive guys have really like, you know, whether it's you know playing a two hundred foot game. It's just at, at times I feel the bottom six makes more of an impact than the top six for this team. And sad to say, but they just need to score better and they need to be more responsible defensively. And, yeah, that's why, I, but, uh, again, despite all that, Nashville still climbed back into this race. But, again, I don't know if it'll last because of that. We're actually going to, on to the next one, uh, yes, to quote Jay-Z. But, to quote, uh, actually, I'm not going to quote anymore. But, anyway, to move on to the next team here, we got the Edmonton Oilers. And, yes, 
my oh my they are back to struggling and it's not that they're like playing the worst hockey ever they did have a 6-2 win against the ducks last night but you know at times they're just like you know they'll they'll beat a team around like the ducks and they should beat a team around like the ducks but you know you look at some of the games you know that uh they play they they really let their like competitors beat them up uh you know the there was an ugly loss monday night to the kings 6-3 before that you had the kraken beat beat them up they had an overtime loss to the abs and it's like so many teams that you know you're fighting for they're just getting destroyed um you know the jets had a, a win on new year's eve against them and it's like you know where's the pushback in this team uh where's the uh where's the intensity that they need you know they're not really like a you know you look at their bottom six they're not really a, a physical team which really is a little concerning and you know it's like Clem Costin has been their most physical forward um or he's got the the energy trying to get the energy going um so maybe that trading of Zach Cassian away actually hurt them a little just cuz they're a bit soft um which isn't good and, and I think I, I read a stat like Jesse Pulleyarvi's there like you know leads them with like two fighting majors this year I'm not saying they need a necessarily a tough guy but like they need team toughness and they don't have that and people sometimes laugh and say like you know that's not needed anymore it's more of an analytics game like no you kind of need it because this is a soft team to play and you know it, it's sad you know because they should be a lot better uh, another reason they're really bad right now is their penalty kill is just utter atrocious. And I think, uh, I don't know if, I, I didn't watch last night's game in uh, Anaheim, so I don't know if they let up any power play goals. But, uh, you know, it, it's been, uh, it, it, was, it was bad the other night. They gave up a few uh, power play goals to the Los Angeles Kings, but the Oilers are 25th, actually. 73.3% is pretty ugly um, to be at that mark, and they should be they should be a lot better. Um, the defense has been utter shambles, if you ask me, you know, because it Darnell Nurse makes a shit ton of money and just does buttfuck all. Uh, Tyson Barry is supposed to be better. CC is supposed to be better. They brought Kulak back, I guess, but you know, what what when what is the big move? Because you know Connor McDavid is a fantastic player, but like he can only take so much, and it's it's hard to it's hard to believe. But I just wanted just to just to you know because McDavid pretty much has his MVP race wrapped up. I'll, I'm gonna share like a, a stat here. So McDavid is on pace. Um, so actually, I'll look up Connor McDavid's stats right now because his his uh what he's supposed to what he could reach by the end of the season incredible at forty three games he's got seventy he's got seventy nine points in forty three games already. He's basically on pace for like at least a hundred fifty points this season, which I don't. No one has hit that mark since thirty years ago when Mario Lemieux did it. And McDavid also has 35 goals already. No one has hit that mark, uh, or, or like the 65 mark, since 
Ovechkin did back in 08. And, you know, Matt Ian Matthews with that 60-goal season last year. But he's been out of this world, Connor McDavid. And, you know, he's going to get frustrated because everyone focuses on him. Everyone's going to game plan for him. It's pretty obvious when you're the best player in hockey that everyone's going to try. Their t- it's going to take a five-man effort to slow you down. But, you know, I have to say for the GM, uh, Holland, uh, what is he going to do to make this team better? Because even though the defense has improved from the start, uh, they still have given up a shit ton of goals. Uh, one of the easily one of the worst teams defensively in the league. With uh, they've given up 145 goals this year, which has been utter dreadful. It's not good, not good enough. And you know they're ahead of they're in a playoff spot right now, but like they got teams behind them. The Blues, the Preds are trying to make a push. And you don't, and I know the Avalanche have been treading water, but that's because they've been so banged up. When they get uh, some more guys back, like we expect them to just take off and get back in the playoffs. So if the Oilers don't start now; they're gonna miss the playoffs, and they really need to improve defensively. I know last night's one was great, but yet again, it is the uh, sad uh, tales for the Oilers. Now, there's another team in this division that I do want to give a lot of props to because they might be the most surprising team in the NHL this year. The second uh, the second year expansion team, the Seattle Kraken. That's right. Let's get Kraken, everybody. Um, in terms of uh, how good they are and why I think it's sustainable, it's because their five-on-five play is utter excellent and... You know, they're just they they're just they really are a workhorse. Um, they're one of, they're one of the best at five on five play. You look at some of their analytics. Uh, they're like around, you know, na- not number one or two, but like around eleven, twelve, like uh, like cl- pushing top ten, and that's pretty good. Um, they they do create uh, they do create uh, chances for them. But it's not only that, it's more so, you know, they they, they commit to a five-man defense effort, and they're one of the top teams for expected uh, goals against, um, which is, again, can't, can't say enough. They're in the top ten for that. So it's, and it's, I don't know how to, like, uh, put it, but everyone just buys in on that team, and... Where I think they can improve on um, for a trade deadline, I think could be their center core. Um, obviously, uh, the rookie, Matty Beneers, uh, he's right now my favorite for the Calder Trophy. He's having a hell of a rookie season. Uh, he's, he's, he just, he, he's not afraid to shoot or make a nice play. Um, he's a good skater, and he's got very good uh, hockey IQ. Um, and he, and, he, and he, always fi- he finds a way to get, you know, to put himself in a better position to either make his team better or to score more goals. But, you know, and I know they had the whole thing with Shane, a big storyline with Shane Wright, who had a very nice world junior, by the way, if you ask me. He'll be a good one day in the future. But I don't think Alexander Wenberg is someone, like, I think he's a good player, but I don't think he should be your number two center. Not saying he's, like, playing bad by any stretch of the imagination, but like he's got nineteen points in forty games, like he could he could be on your you know third line center. That's fine, 
But, you know, you can get a, a top six center. So maybe a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, you know, perfect fit for a, a team that's trying to, you know, make a push for the playoffs. Um, I'm just trying to think of other centers out that could possibly be out there. Maybe a Jonathan Taves, if Chicago wants to give up on him. You know, perfect fit for uh, the Seattle Kraken here. But also, um, maybe they could, or maybe a Bo Horvat from the Canucks. The Canucks are really struggling. Maybe they unload him. Um, or maybe a Sam, a Sam Reinhardt from Florida. Florida's not a good team. Maybe they try and make a move, see what happens. But also, uh, Ron Francis has done an excellent job building this team. And even some of the more recent moves at the beginning of the year or even recently, just want to point out two things. Um, two guys he got here, just an example. But Eli Tolvanen has been utter uh, excellent ever since he picked him up uh, from the Nashville Predators. I think he was a waiver claim. And you know what's funny? It made their GM, David Poyle, say like, you know, speak and say he might have been a good one. Like, you know, if he is, that's some messed up on me. You don't really hear GMs take accountability that quickly. But another guy he really didn't give up on was, uh, and he gave a PTO at the beginning of the year, was Daniel Sprong. And Daniel Sprong, you know, he's always had some talent, but uh, I, I, I could, I think this is his best year in the NHL because Sprong has played for teams. I know he's on Pittsburgh at one point. Um, Washington, Anaheim, but this is easily his best year in the league, and the dude's getting like fourth line minutes, and again he's gonna pass his goals or total, and he's already passed his points or total because he's got thirteen goals already on like the fourth, third or fourth line, and you know why he's done that because Francis knows the role of everyone, and he and he wants everyone to play a two hundred foot game, but the knock on some of these like highly offensive players is. You know, they don't play defense. Well, he's got players that can play a, a grindy defensive game. Yanni Gord, Brandon Tanev, uh, Jaden Schwartz has experience, even though he's more of the top six. And they and they got some good shutdown defensemen like uh, Adam Larson, you know. They, uh, they got big defensemen like Alexiak and Susie. But for a guy like Tolvanen, or in this case even Sprong, he tells him to shoot the puck. Just try and just have a simple game. You know, use your speed and shoot the puck. And that's exactly what he's done. Uh, why do you think, uh, you know, Brian Donato plays on that fourth-line center? Uh, he was a highly uh, touted um, guy as well coming out of uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins. But uh, right now he's fourth. He's literally fourth-line center for the uh, Seattle Kraken. He's got 13, 13 points, 8 goals. You know why? Because he just shoots the puck. That that's what he want. That's what they want them to do. Shoot, get, stick to your strengths, and don't be fooled by something that uh, you don't. Don't be a player that you're not supposed to be. Um, that's basically what Ron Francis wants. And again, I think if you can address that uh, second line center issue that they have, I think uh, Seattle will be a team to beat in the playoffs. So there you have it, guys. That's another episode. The second episode this week, actually. I'll be planning one over the weekend and probably have it out maybe either Monday night or most likely Tuesday. So, yeah, that will uh, come out soon. And keep watching hockey, guys, and I'll see you in the next episode.